This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. It's Monday, November 8th. Today is a big day at the Jackson County Courthouse downtown. Among the major events is the first ever trial of a Kansas City policeman for a fatal shooting. KCUR's Dan Margulies is covering that for us, and he's here once again to lend us his legal expertise. Hi, Dan. Hi, Nomi. So what happened in this case? Right. So a detective named Eric DeValconeer will be standing trial for involuntary manslaughter and armed criminal action. Uh, it's the first time, as you said, in the long history of the Kansas City Police Department that a police official has been charged in a fatal shooting. The shooting happened in December 2019. A police helicopter spotted two vehicles uh, that appear to be chasing one another down a residential street at high rates of speed. DeValconeer was one of two plainclothes officers, detectives, who happened to be nearby and who responded to the call that went out. The helicopter tracked a red pickup truck to a house on 41st and College, and both plainclothes detectives converged there. They ran into the backyard where they saw the truck slowly backing up into a basement garage. One detective ran up to the driver's side of the vehicle and DeValconeer ran up to the passenger's side. He fired four bullets into the windshield, two of which struck the driver, Cameron Lamb, a black man who was 26 years old. He lived at that house. The bullets uh, were fatal. The Valconeer said he saw Lamb reaching into his waistband for a gun. But the other detective, who was closer, as I said, he was on the driver's side, told the grand jury that indicted the Valconeer that he did not see a gun. Rather, he said he saw Lamb's left hand on the steering wheel with his fingers splayed out, no gun in his fingers. A gun was indeed later found, I should say, uh, on the ground beneath Lamb's left hand, which was hanging out of the open driver's window. So this is the first time a KC police officer has been on trial for a fatal shooting, although officers in the city have been charged in non-fatal shootings before. How rare is it for a police to be charged in these cases? No, I mean, very rare. Very few police officers are charged, let alone convicted of fatal shootings. A study by the Police Integrity Research Group at Bowling Green State University found that from 2005 through mid 2019, 104 non-federal law enforcement officers were arrested for murder or manslaughter as a result of a fatal shooting. Only 35 were convicted, 15 via guilty pleas, and 20 via jury trials. Uh, another 24 cases, I should say, were pending at the time of the report. In those 35 cases, no mean which resulted in convictions. 22 of the victims were black, and only 10 of those 35 cases involved victims who were armed with a dangerous weapon when they were shot and killed. How many people have died at the hands of Kansas City Police? So Kansas City Police, at least for the last eight or so years, from well, seven years, from 2013 through 2020, 35 people, 21 of them black, have been killed by Kansas City police, according to 
something called Mapping Police Violence, which is a research collaborative that collects data on police killings nationwide. And those data also show that Kansas City police kill black people at 4.8 times the rate of white people. What else can you tell us about today's trial? So it's scheduled to last about a week. And surprisingly, DeVal Kinnear has waived his right to a jury trial and opted to try the case before the judge. In this case, the presiding judge of Jackson County, J. Dale Youngs. I'm assuming DeVal Kinnear uh, and his attorneys have made the calculation that they stand a better chance with a bench trial than with a jury trial. Now, prosecutors have submitted a witness list, uh, a lengthy witness list, I should say, most of uh, the witnesses being Kansas City police officers, including police who conducted the crime scene investigation. DeVal Kinnear's attorneys uh, plan to call only a handful of witnesses. I'm assuming DeVal Kinnear himself isn't planning to take the witness stand, although I don't know that for sure. So Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker decided to pursue this case, even though prosecutors and police have to work together all the time. Is that unusual? I would call it a very gutsy move. This is one of the reasons you don't often see prosecutions of this type, as we noted. Uh, needless to say, it hasn't endeared her uh, to the Kansas City Police Department, which has not been cooperative in this case. Baker says the police department did not cooperate with her investigation and refused to turn over a probable cause statement after she made a formal request for one. And of course, the KCPD and its chief, Rick Smith, have been under fire for what many community activists claim is its excessive use of force and other misconduct, particularly in the black community. I should mention that DeValconeer's indictment in June 2020 by a Jackson County grand jury uh, came amid heightened scrutiny of police practices across the United States following the killing of George Floyd, an unarmed black man, uh, by a Minneapolis policeman. The, the indictment came just uh, under a month after uh, that killing of George Floyd happened. Dan Margulies reports on legal issues for KCUR. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Nomi. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. UMB Private Wealth Management is a division of UMB Bank that tailors financial planning services to help you maximize your assets and protect your legacy. Everything we do starts with you because there is no one-size-fits-all financial planning strategy. Your UMB experience begins with us taking the time to get to know you and understand your financial goals. Then we customize a detailed yet flexible plan that helps you achieve them. At UMB, your story is always our focus. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. After months of courtroom delays, a Jackson County judge will hear evidence in the innocence petition of Kevin Strickland today. Strickland was convicted of murdering three people more than 40 years ago, but prosecutors now say he's innocent. KCUR's Luke Martin reports that the hearing comes after a long and winding legal process. 
The evidentiary hearing is set for Monday and Tuesday. Judge James Welsh will preside, but he won't be the first judge to consider Kevin Strickland's appeals, and Strickland's day in court has already been delayed twice. As you all know, I'm new to it, and so I'm starting with uh, a fresh Outlook. That's Welsh from a conference with attorneys last month. He was assigned to the case by the Missouri Supreme Court after an unprecedented ruling that recused all Jackson County judges. It's the same jurisdiction that handled Strickland's original conviction back in 1979. Anything that's transpired, I don't know about. So you'll have to bring me up to date on it if it's relevant. Strickland was 18 at the time. After his first trial ended in a hung jury, he was later convicted by an all-white jury of triple murder. Strickland, who is African-American, was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Now 62, Strickland has always maintained his innocence. In May, after a months-long review, Jackson County Prosecutor Jean Peters Baker announced that she agreed. Most importantly, though, I'm advocating that this man must be freed immediately. For years, prosecutors in Missouri couldn't revisit convictions like Strickland's, but over the summer, a new law gave them that power, and Baker moved quickly to petition a judge. According to her filings, analysis as recent as last year shows fingerprints on the shotgun used in the crime are not Strickland's, and two men who pleaded guilty to the killings have said Strickland wasn't there. Their affidavits are likely to be key in this week's hearing. Then there's the eyewitness testimony of Cynthia Douglas, who survived the attack by playing dead, while her close friend, Sherry Black, died right next to her. Sandy was never the same after that. Eric Wesson is now publisher of the Kansas City Call, but was a reporter when Douglas approached him twice with doubts. She wanted to recant. She knew me and trusted me from high school, and because we knew each other personally, she came and talked to me for guidance on what she should do and how she should help Kevin out. Wesson is expected to testify in court this week. Douglas told him she was never sure it was Strickland, and she felt rushed by investigators to identify him. Her thinking was cloudy. She was very traumatized by it because her and Sherry Black were like... They were like sisters. Wesson says Douglas tried repeatedly to contact police and prosecutors. In a court motion, prosecutors wrote that Douglas, after years of torment over what to do about the mistake, asked the Midwest Innocence Project for help in 2009. Not surprisingly, Strickland's situation has become politicized. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has said he isn't convinced of Strickland's innocence. And State Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a leading contender for Roy Blunt's soon-to-be-vacant U.S. Senate seat, has repeatedly fought efforts to free Strickland. Schmidt's office has asked for multiple delays and gotten a new judge assigned to the hearing, who has expanded the attorney general's role in the proceedings. Assistant Attorney General Andrew Crane led those efforts during a pre-hearing conference last month. We don't think it would be appropriate for the court to set a hearing at this time. At the time, Crane said his office had not had enough time to talk to everyone involved in the case and examine all the evidence. And we've tried to be cognizant of Mr. Strickland's interest in concluding these hearings quickly and tried to work with the other parties to get that done. And frankly, that's just not happened. It's an agonizing process that has confounded Strickland. He talked about his disappointment last month with CBS News. I hold fast to my faith that God ain't gonna let me die in this jail, but I'm losing belief in the, that the system is gonna work. In August, while Strickland awaited a hearing, his mother died. Hers was the third family funeral he's missed while behind bars. There's nothing that, that they could do to make that right. My whole life 
is a memory of prison. I don't know anything else. The hearing begins today and is scheduled through tomorrow. It's unknown when Judge Welsh will issue a ruling. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Luke Martin. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Dan and Luke's reporting on what's going on at the Jackson County Courthouse this week at kcur.org. And as always, you can hear Kansas City's NPR station live on the radio at 89.3 FM. If you're enjoying our podcast, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app or give us a call at 816 235 8930 and leave us a voicemail with your thoughts. Tomorrow, we'll feature an investigation on the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.